Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. Everyone has multiple things going on. They have multiple identities that they really project here. And I needed to get exposure to those types of people, creators, people who don't look like me, think like me, act like me, and have the same exact experiences like me. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. We are LA Tech Podcast. So excited for our next guest, David, coming at us from Marina Del Rey. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank I'm you for having so me. I'm so excited to have you on. David and I met through a friend and founder that I advise named Tyler, who has a company I am just a super fan of, Beehive. You've probably heard of it. It is incredible. And we met at Neuhaus Venice. I love Neuhaus, too. So shout out to Beehive. Shout out to Neuhaus for making this interview possible. David, you're not from L.A. What brings you to L.A.? How did you end up in that Neuhaus Venice location. Well, once again, shout out Tyler, shout out Neuhaus, shout out LA, and shout out you for <laughs> making me realize that I had this thing called a Neuhaus membership and I need to start <laughs> going a lot more because I get awesome. to meet people like you. So I'm originally, I was born in North Jersey, uh, but grew up m- majority of my life in the Baltimore, Maryland area. Went to college out there, lived for a few years working and consulting in DC, and then moved to New York to get into the tech ecosystem. Um, I was wearing a suit and tie every day in DC, and I saw all my friends in tech wearing black t-shirts and jeans, which now makes up majority of my wardrobe. I know you're wearing it right now. (laughs) And I uh, joined a startup, seven months in, realized that the founder was misappropriating, let's call it, the product numbers. And it was a really great learning though, in terms of the do's and don'ts. And Blindly applied to Google, which kicked off a four-year journey across Google, starting in their ads business and then moving over to to Google Cloud. And then the world shut down. Things got crazy. Were you in LA yet at this time? Not yet. I was still in New York. Always in New York. I was Google meatpacking. The the world shut down. And I think we talked about this. And I I was in a relationship. And it was a relationship that I thought that was going to be the the, the rest of my life. The one. Yeah. And for so long, when you have this narrative of this is going to be it, you you, you have your life, the storyline or or the, or the, the, the book for your life already mapped out. Yeah. And I, at the time when, when the relationship ended, I was coming up on almost my fourth year at Google. I had Moved out of New York. I actually moved back to my parents in Baltimore, Maryland, which I'm happy to talk about and admit as an adult. Funny enough, me me sharing my story, I have so many people that who I never would expect it start to, to 
share their similar experiences during COVID as well. Folks much older than me who, yeah. who, who, who were broke off engagements uh, in, in relationships they knew they, they shouldn't have been yeah. in, moved back to their parents. And so I, I moved back to my parents and I really was trying to figure out what was next. Yeah. I, I My tendency is to move quickly. Right. But that is has been that has propelled me in so many areas of my life for about 70% of my life, but has but has also been an, it's an Achilles heel. And what I didn't want to do is quickly just sprint to the next thing. Right. I didn't want to start dating. I didn't want to just apply to the first job. We all have options. Right. And so I I really actually need to work on myself. And that's what kicked off my um, foray into therapy. So you're still at Google at this Still at Google. Still at Google, but move back in with your parents because you had the breakup. Because I had the breakup. And then you're like, let me do some therapy because of the breakup. And shout out to you for one like sharing that you move back in with your parents. And I have so many friends that move back in. With, like it is a thing and it, it's nothing. I think like, hello world, let's just use the resources we have. It's yeah. fine. It's all just one big journey. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing that. I have so of many course. friends with the same thing. They're like, I uh, move back in. I'm like, no, it's fine. I say like, it proud. Yeah. I used to be embarrassed. Yeah. Um, uh, friends, family, Colleagues, right? And 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 my old, I told my old manager at Google that this was my person, that we were going to get engaged soon. Yeah. And, uh, the sense of shame, I would say, was always there for the first few months, and it, I, I started to become more comfortable with it, and it was yeah. just a process. Throughout this time, I, I've always been obsessed with entrepreneurship. While at University of Maryland, I was very very involved launched a local uh, a company's lo- local business on campus called right. flashnotes.com it was basically a used flashnotes website i've uh, when i was at google i myself and a technical co-founder uh, were building a, a business called vestful we had yeah. this whole thesis that customers were going to or, or uh, venture back startups were going to there was a, 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 a we're going to be ahead of a trend of companies distributing their their equity to yeah. customers in return for Referrals, loyalty, evangelism. We realize there's a lot of legal issues there um, with giving out equity, which is seen as security to a customer. Wait, take a pause for a second. Mm-hmm. You're at Google building a company, so Google lets you build your own company? It wasn't directly competitive. And okay. It was during the pandemic, and I had time. Okay, so table that for a second. Yep. Let's kind of rewind a little bit more. How did you get your job at Google? I coldly, I blindly applied. Which I brag about for sure, wow. because most most uh, most folks do need to get an, an, a referral, and yeah. it was for a sales job. And I didn't really have traditional sales experience. My yeah. whole career is just falling forward. Right. I I, I was when I left PwC. I, I was at PwC Consulting to go into a business development role at a startup. Was that your first job out of college? First job okay. out of college. I had interned for a lobbyist in DC before that. Uh, which is a very interesting experience, and then worked at PwC, and then moved into sales. And what I realized is yeah. I'm, I'm an accounting and finance right. um, by trade. I was studying for my CPA, actually, yeah. but I love talking to people and solving yeah. problems. And funny enough, sales to me allowed me to feel at least like I had more of an impact on solving problems than consulting did. Mm. And then when I got to Google, I didn't have the traditional background that they were looking for, but I was able to meet the team in person. And, yeah. and you know the value and impact of one one in-person meeting versus countless Zoom meetings. 
and they took a chance and it was a great experience. I, I've learned so many things from my it's first so few cool. years at Google. I have so many dear friends still there who sometimes I'm begging to, to leave because they're brilliant and they need to get out <laughs> of the big G. Yeah. And I always, I knew that I was using my time at Google if you're applying the classroom yeah. analogy or just yeah. to learn yeah. to apply these principles to when I start my own business. Right. And I did two years at the Google Cloud, uh, pardon me, the Google ad side. So I've worked with countless, diff countless different business yeah. and business models on go-to-market, customer acquisition, anything externally facing from the, 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 the content to the buyer journey. And then I went to Google Cloud because I wanted to understand, okay, how do you manage that data? How do you secure your data centers? And how do you build the meat? What are the meat and potatoes of a business that isn't a dif differentiator for most businesses, but the core fundamentals of building a scalable yeah. business, especially in today's age where everything's mainly digitally Totally. Native. My friend Iman always talks about like every life experience is about leveling up. Exactly. And so if we look at things as just as the end goal, we're missing the whole point. It's like it's all just this education buffet to continue to level up. When I – this is how I operate. When I left PwC, it was you look back on it. What is it now? A hundred thousand person global firm. I had such a sense of guilt of leaving. Yeah. But my mentor told me is, look, David, for what you want in your trajectory, you, you have hit a point of diminishing returns at PwC, and and and, and that comment to me has always been in the back of my head of really how can I extract as many as much learning as possible and lessons and takeaways and fa fail myself. Right, right. From an experience before realizing, okay, it's time to move on to the next experience. Right. And that's how I really try to apply a lens of learning through each step of the way, which is difficult because when you're at a big company or a company, there is typically a path ahead of you. you mm -hmm. There is that you typically have a manager. Maybe it's the CEO. The CEO might have a board. They might have investors. Right. So you can continuously see like if you do your job, what that next step right. could look like. But if you continue to go left when everyone else goes right in your career, you don't really know what that you don't know mm. what that path will look like. Yeah. So you're continuously taking these leaps of faith. And in hindsight, it's so clear. And in those moments of yeah. when you're like stuck at a crossroads between should and must. Yeah. It's so hard because you can't – your gut – you're just – you're following your gut, really. You started dabbling in startups while you had a full-time job. And one of the things that everybody knows is that when you have a, a job at one of these huge tech companies, it's really hard to leave – what is it called? Golden handcuffs or something like totally. that? How – so this curiosity started for you to take action in the startup world while you still had the security of your job. And then you decided to leave and continue this curiosity in the startup world – how did you make that decision? Because weren't didn't you really grow high in the rank and you were doing really well at Google? Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your I role was, and how well you were? I had doing? gotten promoted multiple times, and I was in the last last while there. I was in a role. Uh, Google Cloud was a competitor to Amazon Web Services and Microsoft Azure, and in the world of tech sales, that if you are an enterprise cloud salesperson and you even come moderately close to hitting your numbers, You, it's some of the best money you can make yeah. in, uh, unless you're a business owner 
um, or a doctor or a lawyer. It, yeah. It's highly lucrative. And of course, with all the benefits at Google, it was really, it is easy to stay. And there are a lot of people that do stay. But I was able to, during the pandemic, take a take an idea from conception. And uh, it's funny, I read a tweet the other day about that. Someone tweeted like the exhilaration and the rush of buying that domain name. Yeah. And setting up that yeah, Slack. Yeah, true. And my, myself and a co-founder who wasn't at Google um, and is still now a dear friend and who has come back into my life in a very, very different way that I yeah. never would have anticipated, were, were able to take an idea, yeah. build a, do all the things you need to do to validate an idea to see right. if you have potential path to PMF. We spun up a website. We yeah. went out and talked to potential customers. We talked. Yeah. It was a it was a very legal problem, uh, a problem rooted in legal challenges that we were trying to solve. And just in case anyone listening, PMF is product, product market, market fit. fit. And it was a great excuse for me, or a way for me, not excuse, a way for me, while completely de-risked at Google, to go out and essentially validate an idea with investors and potential buyers. And something that I thought that I saw as a strong problem, which it, which it was a very big problem, still is for many of these companies, does not directly correlate into a scalable business model mm-hmm. or, a, or a justifiable business model. And that's actually what we found with uh, our, our startup. It was called Vestful, was great problem to solve. Mm-hmm. There's tertiary competitors, and we didn't. There, there, there was no business model behind it. And we would ask. We, and we did this through. Countless. What did it solve? Vestful. We were allowing companies to easily Venmo their equity to customers in mm. exchange for referrals and, and other types of growth incentives. Mm. There are some companies that do that today, and it's usually a one-off basis. Beehive actually announced something similar. Tyler still tells me today that that it's being it's such a pain for him, and it's just a legal pain point. Mm. And what we kept on coming back to is that the business model there, even though it was solving a, a pain point that count that could you could uh, quantify right. based on your it's mainly lawyers that work on this for right. these startups, right. your legal legal fees, yeah. or your in-house counsel's just time. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean there's a business model behind it because what we ran into is that even if they were a company was doing this, they would only be sending out a few transactions a month. And, and typically, mm. this is applicable to seed, series A, growth stage companies. Right, right, right. So there's not a stickiness to the product. And even if we're charging on a consumption basis, so a per transaction basis, it's marginal, not scalable. And and, and there was no defensibility around the, pr- the, the product itself. Right, That's right. Like space Carta could get into. Right, right, right. So what it allowed me to do that experience is truly evaluate a business opportunity while not actually having to leave my job. And that today is still very much a foundational part of how I think about entrepreneurship and business, which is uh, what led us to led me to shut down the most recent tech-based venture I was working on. We had product, we had customers. I had quit my my comfy job. Yeah. Um, at a, at a startup and was working. So wait, wait, you jumped. Yeah, forward. yeah, yeah. So we're going we're going all over the place here. So so. You're at Google. Mm-hmm. You decide you're going to go. Mm-hmm. How – and then after you go, you you find this other startup, which we'll get into in a second. But how did you psychologically make that choice? So it was a few things. So this was the period where it was around the fall of 2021. I was – moved back to my parents' Labor Day of 2021. And – I knew I didn't want to move back to New York, and I just wanted to breathe for a second. Yeah. You Collect needed a time myself. out. Yeah. Um. 
I don't want to get busy career wise because that I knew I had to do some other personal work. I had to do a lot of work that yeah. I've been putting off. I was my whole life I've stared in the mirror, but I don't think I've really taken a holistic view in terms yeah. of what was looking back at me. And the I didn't want to put artificial timelines around moving out, yeah. leaving Google. Things were going great. I had a great year at Google. I just got promoted again. Yeah. Um, a big bonus coming in Q1. And I was that guy on the team. I was the right. rocket ship career internally. Right. Everyone wanted my time to learn what I was doing, which all I was doing was regurgitating what had been taught to me by my mentors in the past. Right. And I, outside of really working on myself, I, I uh, actually Tyler, so I used to live with Tyler in New York. Yeah. And we had lived together for three amazing years in East Village and Williamsburg. Even after I moved out with Tyler, I, I was living just in another borough of Manhattan and I got to see the growth of Beehive from our just being friends and living together. And when he had started talking about moving to LA a year ago, we had funny enough all came out as friends, I think in the fall of 2018 or pardon me, 19 to we're all Ravens fans. We went to a Ravens game out here. And at this time in my life, I had no reason to say no to moving to LA on a whim because I, if, if psychologically one of your good friends is out here, yeah, it's a safety net. Yeah. 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 And I then in the, let's call it September, October of 2021 was at my parents really researching the blockchain, the, the entire space. It was hot, right? That was, that was DeFi summer. Solana was going crazy. I'd seen people make tremendous wealth. I like to understand how the technology works. And so I was reading into all of the technical issues and, and nuances with blockchain and started to form my own opinions about it. I didn't know if I wanted yeah. to work in it, but after a month, I felt like I almost went back to school. I was watching YouTube videos, taking free, any anything, any content I could consume. Yeah. Um, but mind you, I was living at my parents' house. So I had a lot of free time. Yeah, YouTube University. Much. Yeah. <laughs> and through that, I found a company that was based out of Sydney. They, they were a series B startup mm -hmm. building blockchain infrastructure Right. and blindly applied. And they quickly went, went, quickly went through their interview process. And not only were they looking for somebody to be totally remote in the US, they wanted somebody in LA because they were really entering the gaming market. And right. LA is the Mecca in San Francisco and Seattle, the Mecca for gaming. And so the stars kind of aligned where it was one new company I'm very interested in. So right. Check two was a company. And then the second check was a company that was allowing me to live in LA. So that's what drew me out here. And that's I, awesome. I moved to LA in on January 2nd, 2022. And I started at this new company January 4th, 2022. So oh, a lot wow. of life, life change. Yeah. That's incredible. And um when you first got now, did you move in with Tyler? No, 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 okay. no. I uh, I have a funny enough. I was going to live alone, and then through a friend at Google, I I, I got connected with somebody who was moving out with his girlfriend, and was looking to sublet his apartment. And I had never heard of this place called Marina Del Rey. I came out for a weekend uh, in December to view apartments. Yeah, and did not want a roommate, but. Went to Marina Del Rey. It's, the department's two blocks from the beach. Beautiful, big 
and met my future roommate at that time. And turns out he's now one of my best friends. That's so rad. You know, Marina Del Rey has, I believe, one of the secret beaches because no one goes to it. And it's clean and nice and quiet. It's crazy. That's my beach, Driftwood. Yeah, it's really nice. We play volleyball. We surf. It's, right? It's, it's, a, it's, it's, adult. it's the adult playground. <laughs> when you first got to L.A., how did you start to integrate into the tech community? It sounds like Google – your resource back from the East Coast was also influential yeah. in your life in LA. How did you know where to go, what to do, who to connect with? Would, and, and were you, and you're working with the blockchain company. Working with this the blockchain time, company, but they're not LA based. They're not LA based, and and so it was it was actually tough. It was tougher than I thought, and I would even go as far as to say the immersion in LA tech was a broader representation of the, some of the challenges I faced as just immersion in building a new community as a holistic individual. And I, when I first came here, I definitely still applied a little bit of a New York City mindset, which in New York, you have to get out of the city at least once a month right. on the weekends because you just, you'll, you're just yeah. living in the concrete jungle, you'll go crazy. So I had already had some preliminary travel planned. I had a, uh, and then I started traveling a lot for work. Yeah. Going to, going to conferences mainly. Right, right. Um, in Austin and in Miami. It's so fun though. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Because someone else is paying for it. <laughs> yes, yes. And it, it's it's fun, you know, conferences or you're just going from 10 to yeah. you know, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. But it really was detracting from my ability to be present in my community. Mm. And I, of course, there were you know, clients I would meet in person in LA, but that's not really embedding myself in the tech community. I was also working remote for the first six months. I didn't go to WeWorks. I did Neuhaus hadn't even been around yet. Yeah. And I didn't even know the cool coffee shops to go to. I just wasn't plugged in with right, LA. Right. And it was around July of last year, I was coming back from a big NFT conference in New York. And mm -hmm. I just had told myself it was my in the six months living here, it was probably my eight or ninth time leaving LA right. and I'm like, I have to be here and be present. Yeah. Now I was lucky enough where I have other friends out here building their own networks and communities, right. but I started being more present in the sense of building friendships, not just dating just to date Yeah. Uh, and, and building community around activities that I love. And yeah. so I love surfing. I love playing paddle. Yeah. And through that, inherently you start to meet like-minded individuals. I, you meet people who are in VC. You've, I met people who are have their own tech companies. Um, I, I we, we talked about this when I came here today, but I was this morning. I went to my friends um, on Thursday morning. She and does a group run, club. yeah. And I met two great entrepreneurs who are also in the entrepreneurship community here. Not directly tech, but what I found is in LA is it's definitely a lot smaller of a community, especially yeah. in Venice and in the West Side, mm -hmm. and. It really was a intention and a mindset shift for me that was anchored in the fact of just being present. Don't have my days be rooted in wake up, go to gym, sit in my room all day and, and work because that's not good for like anything, especially my mental health. Yeah. And follow up with people. I'm Follow up is so key, important. It's the advice I would give myself, but yet I still don't do it very well. Yeah, it's the hardest thing. Um. I'm curious, when you left Google to work for a startup, why didn't you start your own startup? Like, what was the choice there yep. to 
again, work for another company, but now you, you're definitely not getting the benefits you were getting before. Yeah. And look, I was able to negotiate a good package, okay. but it's a great Okay. Question. A funded startup. Funded startup. Yeah, it was a series, series B, two months after. <laughs> okay. They, never mind. It was a, it was a, they announced this. So, so some might look at it and say, well, David, why would you just go from a very big company to an already company where you have limited upside? Yeah. Um, you know, you, you could build a team, but you're not a founder. You're not even at that level. Yeah. I know, I knew that I needed to go out and get exposure to different problems to be able to have formalized opinions about them right? and, and formalized thesis about them. And it was a really beneficial decision, not just for that decision alone, but in general, it, it reinforces the whole concept of like using the world as your classroom yeah. and working for Google in New York. I, I also had to be able to move to a place where I was exposed to a lot of different types of thinking yeah. and creativity, which has re really attracted me to LA. Um, in New York, everyone kind of has their one thing. It's their nine to five or their, you know, their, their day job. And yeah. that's really it. In LA, I think it's I, what I really appreciated about it is everyone has multiple things going on. They have multiple identities that they yeah. really project here. Yeah. And I needed to get exposure to those types of people, creators, people who don't look like me, think like me, act like me, and have the same exact experiences like me. In New York, I, my whole community professionally and socially was more or less people that I knew from work or work adjacent interests right. or went to college with, being from the East Coast and, and having a lot of friends from college who are from the Northeast. And I really wanted to get exposure and surface area with different people who thought differently so I could continue sharpening my thinking on just like the world in general totally. and trends. And I'm so happy that I did that. And I would advise anybody from Google, because I think a lot of people at these big tech companies wait until that idea comes to them. And, and there are some that are successful, right? But I also think that you really will always be looking at things from the lens of the big G yeah. or that big publicly traded company. Right. Versus really understanding, are, you know, it depends on what type of problem. Are you building a tool for founders? Are you building a tool for creators? Yeah. Are you, are you, you have that operating experience yeah. to continue to refine what you are looking to build a company around or even just, you know, what your problem statement is. I, I have a girlfriend who, I'm going to be very vague, uh, has worked for a long time at a huge, huge tech company and recently left. And... It was really hard for her, and she was very um, unhappy at her job for a long time but felt trapped mm -hmm. because of the benefits, because of the, the, the status of the job, et cetera. And um, we haven't caught up. She recently left, like, in the last couple of weeks, and so we haven't caught up to hear how that's going. But it seems like already she's feeling just a lot more, just like yep. she can breathe. I personally think it's a matter of – are we living, and I want to ask you this, are we living a joyful life? Like all of us, like me, you, everybody. Do we feel joy in our life? Because if we don't, then we should maybe reconsider the choices that we're making. And if we do, then all is good. Is that how you see working at one of these big tech companies? Um, because it is when you have the quote unquote stability and benefits yep. and your health, especially in the US, your health taken care of, like all this stuff. That it, and if you have a family with children and the whole, it's really hard to leave that type of security. So, how would you suggest someone think about things, their framework to make 
to discover if that decision to leave is yeah. right for them or not? The first thing that popped in my head is that so many people, including myself, their identity revolves around that logo. Mm -hmm. To what we were talking about earlier around what do you Hers say? Did. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What do you say when you're at that dinner party or that that axe throwing event? Yeah. And someone asks what you do. We took we took we oh, are LA tech people axe throwing. I mean, that sounds really random. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. First time. I'm a first time <laughs> podcaster, so context is key. But that drives so many people, and I, I I experienced it. I was elated to get that job at Google. Have that on my resume. It, it bolstered my ego when people yeah. would reach out in my network to say, hey, how, I, I, we haven't talked in five years. How can I get a job at Google? I was like, oh, wow, now I'm the one in position of right. perceived power. And what – I think this gets into a bigger question on what drives happiness. Yeah. And what I've learned and continue to, to, to struggle with or, or remind myself of is that if you're placing – your happiness and fulfillment and some future attachment, some some event, some promotion, some job, you'll continuously be chasing these like materialistic mm -hmm. external validators. And that doesn't come from within. Yeah. But the first kind of element of the 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 why people say is their identities are revolved mm -hmm. around that level at that company, that that promotion, that yeah. that brand. And of yeah. course there are other implications if you're supporting a family, if you, if, if you need those benefits. Right. And I totally, the first thing I always say when people ask me these questions is yeah. as a single guy, yeah. I, I get that I have different needs totally. than someone else. Totally. And, and that's the first thing that I, I will always say because I am not them and they are not me. And we totally. have different needs, even if we work at the same company. But if you start to dig into what happiness is, for for me, it's 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 an insatiable curiosity, learning, growing, and, and talking to people, and talking to people I can learn from. I right. always want to be the most. This is, might not be the best analogy, but the most dull pencil in the room. I want to be surrounded by the sharpest pencils, the smartest people. That, yeah, that I can. Whether it be in fitness, I want to be working out with people at the top of their game. I want to be working out or or doing yoga with the yeah. best uh, people who are the best at their craft. And for me. That's what motivates me. So that that brings me happiness. And then definitely a sense of, of for me, like creativity. There's a lot of people who have, are comfortable in understanding what being – like they, they they understand what to do and it's just they, uh, they can show up every day. Right. Uh, which way at these big companies or even small companies, it is – you can get by by that. There are a lot of people who – and this is, this is hilarious because it actually is a Google value, but I, I've always loved it. It's like there are people who thrive in ambiguity and I love it. And that to me was one of the bigger drivers of knowing I always wanted to do my, create my own thing, but I didn't know what, and I still am figuring out yeah. what that is. You know, it's interesting even like, and Tim Ferriss talked about this in one of his early talks was even when you have a startup and um, like I founded a, a company that was really important to me. And then that, that company was my entire identity. And then when that company didn't exist anymore, I felt like I didn't exist anymore. And Tim yep. Ferriss talked about this in one of his talks. So whether you're working at like a famous logo or it's your own startup that you've had for years and it didn't go the way that you wanted it to go, when we integrate our identities into something outside of ourselves, into a label, mm -hmm. essentially, um, that's really difficult to reconcile and n find joy when it's so connected to s status mm -hmm. 
It's not authentic. And um, I found with that life experience that I had to rediscover who I was. Like, what kind of movies do I like? What do I like to eat? What do I like to do? And now everything that I build moving forward, like let's say this podcast disappeared. I as a person am fine. Mm -hmm. Like I am no longer attached to my identity of um, – my my company's identity or my brand's identity, um, and I find that um, it's a really interesting thing because I will never love as deeply a company like I I like it's like I inhaled my, <laughs> my early startup I get it. like I loved it so much it was just in my I still love it today and it doesn't even exist like I just like love it. I never want to love that deeply. It's like because I lose myself in it. Um, I'm glad I did it once, so maybe it's worth the one-time ride. But I equally think it's really important that I just have me now, and I'm fine no matter what, and it's not attached to a label. Because you also now know who you are. Yeah, for without, the most part. Without yeah. that company or without that relationship. Yeah. And it's so easy to get – so absorbed in something that you forget who your identity is because you you become intertwined intertwined with that thing totally. with that person with those co-founders with this just like idea my team I'm like I was yeah. like obsessed with my team with our creative with our I watch the videos that we produce now they're like so old mm -hmm. and I like just feel so nostalgic and yeah. like love them like it was yesterday it was, it was crazy do you, do you tell them that do you still talk to them from time to time, yeah. Is, yeah, some of the relationships are complicated, but from of time to are. time. Yeah. I'll share a, a thing because nobody knows who the person is, but somebody who worked I, – I, this is a really vulnerable statement, but sometimes I question, like, where my place has been in the world because a lot of people who work with me, uh, I've helped propel to the top, to their dreams. And I feel like I'm constantly, like, lifting people up, but then I'm still, like – below like yeah. just lifting everybody and somebody told me like maybe that is your purpose in life to be the person who lifts others like that is where you're supposed to be and I thought it was really interesting mm -hmm. anyway all this to say like one of the team members that I absolutely adore and value uh they and I have a complicated relationship because um that person um decided to steal all of all of our creative and it like it's even though it was years ago that still really hurts mm -hmm. um it wasn't legal but i wasn't about to like go after them and uh so yeah so i still have like a lot of love and care and also it's complicated because i was deceived yeah. and taken advantage of and things of that nature so um i think life is just one big journey with um so many different kinds of ups and downs and curves, and we have to constantly be auditing our own joy and that we want to be living the adventure that we're living. When you're at Google, when I'm at a startup, if, if I'm podcasting, mm. if you're working in Bitcoin or living at the beach in Marina, like literally this life is our own. Like we, one, we're one choice away from changing everything. If we don't like living in LA, we could buy a plane ticket to Italy. Like, you yeah. know, it's like everything is possible. And we feel when we're in these positions that things are not possible, that we're stuck at Google with the golden handcuffs or like I'm stuck in like some startup thing. And um, yeah, it's it's just a narrative. It's not true. Like we're all just choices away from whatever we want to be doing or exploring 
new areas of the life buffet. You, you know? should check in with your friend who left. I will. I've just had yeah. a lot on my plate, but yeah. yeah, I will. I will. Yeah, um, I'm excited to. She's going traveling. Amazing. Yeah, and and I, I say that because I could probably hypothesize. Uh, this thought is triggered by your comment of feeling stuck. Yeah, because I've been there. I have felt so stuck. I have actually felt stuck. Really, only up. I, I still there's elements of being stuck today. Yeah, but it's it's a progression, right? It's this idea that you're always changing, and. I try to bucket like those moments in my life when I felt stuck. Yeah. And look back on them to say, hey, like I wish I could go back and tell my myself three months ago, three yeah. years ago, look at this now. Yeah. And even in mo micro moments when it happens to me yesterday, today, I will always think about those bigger moments where I felt yeah. stuck from a broader life perspective. And it's do I guess going back to why why people stay at Google or, or or whatever the big thing is and not doing out that not going out or and that doesn't need to be quitting a company it could be doing a new activity taking on a new hobby totally is 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 because they create a narrative that they can't or they won't or it won't work and I used to fall in this trap of like looking at life as binary it's like it's 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 zero or one. Yeah. And nothing is all or nothing. Nothing is good or as bad as it seems. It just is. And I had this whole fear when I left the 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 blockchain startup in uh late February this year. Oh my god, like I'm not going to have a paycheck. I'm what do I do for health insurance? Like the world doesn't end. Yeah. Here I am now several months later and have pivoted my entire life multiple times, but I'm now way more confident because that first day of being on quote unquote um, off that company healthcare yeah. off the payroll, life didn't cease to exist. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm alive, and it feels like we're not going to be okay. Yeah, that, and that is yeah. the, it's constantly getting over that fact of I'm not okay. It's it, yeah, to your point, like moving to LA or or damn straight you should buy that ticket to Italy. Yeah, or showing up to that networking event that you've been meeting to every Tuesday, you know, yeah. you want to go because you know that there's going to be some like-minded people there, but you always find an excuse. I'm too tired. I didn't work out. I want to go home. This favorite show, yeah. I have a date, but you know, like going to that event, it's not that going to that event, it symbolizes your commitment for why you want to go to totally. that event, right? And it is such a important factor. I think for me, when I kind of get a state of like, fr I freeze yeah. on feeling like I don't have enough information to make a decision, but you can't yeah. predict the, the, the future. And I think that's one of the biggest things of leaving Google and especially leaving a company. I have learned more about myself, I would say, than I've learned a lot about business. I'm still trying to build my first successful business and we're on the right trajectory for the first time of all the things I've dabbled at, which is very exciting. And it is, I have expressed more of my creative side and I feel like the world to me has actually become more of a blank canvas than up until I really left Google and really left my previous employer, where I felt like my life was a pre-filled in stencil and I just had to color in the you know the lines. It was already the house, the 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 the, the suit, the tie was there. I just needed to color in. All right, what color suit? What color right. what color do you want your the 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 um the the awnings on your house? And for me, my life has almost become more of a blank slate. And 
in a way that scares me like 20% of the time, but that 80% of the time gets me so excited because I feel like I'm in control of my future. Mm-hmm. Choose your own adventure. Exactly. And all the way going back to LA, I, I have now spent that time invested in my community, still, still investing in the community. Um, where I have met so many people who are on the same thing, who are like-minded and thinking the same thing or think, think in the same, like directionally the same way. Yeah. Their frameworks are the very similar. Totally. And that, that's what I love about LA. I tell all my friends from the East coast because they think that LA has like this, like it's Hollywood, it's TikTok influencers and, and I whatnot. mean, it's that too. It's that too, but that's that <laughs> in New York, right? That's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Miami. But here there's, it's just so much more. And, and, um, We've talked about it at our axe throwing event this yeah. week for the audience that we're just long LA. Wait, okay. So, what? A couple quick fire questions to wrap things up. Um, one: Where can people connect with you on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter? Uh, can you spell your name and or your handle for everybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, David D A V I D uh, underscore J Friedman F R I E D M A N. And uh, what is a hike or activity that you recommend in LA? I saw that on the uh, on the forum. <laughs> so my favorite act- activity. Yeah. So my well, one of my favorite hikes is Will Rogers Park. Every, yeah, it, totally. It's it's it, but it's quintessential. It's easy, and yeah. it's what I do when I have friends visiting or my family visiting, because the views are spectacular. Totally. And then Zuma Ridge Trail up in Malibu. Yes. I mean, come on, Zuma yes. Ridge, looking over so Malibu nice. on a, on a yeah. great day. It's it's fire roads. It's quite easy. And then my favorite activity has, over the last year, become paddleball. It's <laughs> over in the Venice courts. Yeah. Uh, in Venice, there's there's courts in Culver. And it is probably the most addicting sport I've picked up in I my adult try life. It. I've never played. Playing in a tournament this weekend. A tournament. Wow. <laughs> but, but, but that's how I met my current business partner. Yeah. I've got on – Dates through that through my for my previous startup there yeah. was a fund that I met through that that what? went to a family office that I wow. met through that and it is the most fun competitive group of people I've, I've met wow. so there's such a I community around it right there in Venice now paddleball is different than pickleball pa- different than pickleball okay. and you do not want to go to the courts and say pickleball because the paddle folk will 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 really take. Uh, Take offense. I've never played either you. one, so it's it's fun. It's <laughs> a great workout, and it there's a really really great community around it on the west side, which is to my to my point earlier about being intentional, being present in your communities, and and finding something that like you like to do, right? Because if you are going to play the sport or join this league, there are probably going to be other like minded folks there, and you have a common interest. That yeah. How, how great of it and beautiful of it is that you can form a friendship around a common interest and then realize there might be a, a venture opportunity together or a relationship totally. opportunity or, 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 or something. It's a great suggestion, yeah. paddleball. Because I, I like to ask if you're landing in LAX right now, what should be the first thing that you would do to immerse yourself in the community? I feel like you should go find your local paddleball. F- find your local <laughs> paddleball. Yeah. What restaurant do you recommend? Oh, this is so tough. Uh, but my – go-to restaurant that I recommend here is Taverna Tony in Malibu. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's, yeah. It's great. Nice. Salads. I like the salads there. And the bread, and the bread. is like to die don't, for. Uh, pro tip, don't eat all the bread. Save room. Oh, no. And all the don't dips. save it. Just eat the bread. <laughs> and just walk out there like, 
uh, your tummy yeah. will hurt. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. so much. The bread is insane. It's so good. Who is a person that you've recently come across, other than Tyler, of course, because we both love Tyler. We both shout out Beehive, who is involved in an LA tech startup that you admire or working in LA tech? A person that I admire or, or just a person that's impressed you you've come across yeah 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 that. no and 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 LA tech there is a there's a founder of a company yeah. called Monarch Pay they're a crypto payments company i know the ceo quite well his name is davis and he is one of the most humble genuine ceo founder types that i've connected with he is as smart as they come and as genuine as they come. He's really impressed me with his hunger to learn, to grow. And when I, and he's, he's, he's ruthlessly authentic, yeah, which I appreciate. I know his team appreciates and he is going to be soon accelerate, uh, celebrating a, a, a new fundraising round, which is future investors Woo! appreciate. Amazing. And that is somebody to me in LA. I'll send him this so you can hear me say this that I have really admired his tenacity and approach for building his startup. That's awesome. I love it. Mm -hmm. And last question is that, well, okay, second to last, is there an LA Tech resource that you recommend we all check out, whether it's an accelerator or uh, any kind of resource that you've come across? We Are LA Tech is the first one. <laughs> well, <amazing. laughs> it really is. I, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to continuing to build and, and kind of create my own community around this. Um, I I know what's popular are some of the co-working spaces. I, I've worked in the WeWorks. They actually are not great for collaboration. Uh, they're great for small collaboration, but not really great for connecting with others. There are some co co-working spaces like Neuhaus, um, like the Kin, I think, that just yeah. opened over also in, in Venice. In Venice. But really for, for me, I, I think there's such an opportunity for uh, kind of more – fostering collaboration with the LA tech community. I get feedback actually a lot from investors and people who move here who go to the happy hours, go to LA tech happy hours. And everyone says it's just not, it's subpar. Yeah. It's scattered throughout. So I think there's actually a lot of opportunity to really bring together the LA LA tech community in a bit more of a cohesive way. I agree. I totally agree. My last question is a selfish question. I'm super into software. What is an app or a website that is your fave? I mean, it doesn't has, have to be LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is not LA. I actually don't know. I don't know where they're based out of. But I mean, this was just from an organizational standpoint has helped me in so many ways. Tell no, me. Notion. Oh, it Notion. Just helps. Yeah, I, I, mean, I love Notion. <laughs> I, uh, I I started using it even for my own personal life just to keep track of uh, people I want to connect with. Uh, there's this whole, I mean, everyone talks about it. You'll see waves on Twitter of people talking about the opportunity for a personal CRM. I'm not you know, cats out or, or um, it's out of, of that'll work. But yeah. I, I love Notion. It just helps me stay yeah, organized. Yeah, I love Notion too. Well, we are very excited to stay plugged in into your next startup endeavor and uh, tell everybody where to connect with you again to continue to explore and to work with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, feel free to connect with me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is David, D-A-V-I-D underscore J Friedman, F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. My partner and I run Coastal Recruiting, and what we do is we help early-stage venture-backed companies, typically seed to Series A, help find niche, hard-to-fill engineering roles from founding engineer to CTO to the 20th engineering hire. 
We're LA local. We're working with a lot of local LA VCs and, and early seed stage founders. And outside of building a recruiting firm, we're, we're, we're excited to continue being part of the group here, um, forming the connective tissue around the LA uh, tech community. Amazing. Thank you so much for David for hanging out with Thank the We Are LA Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community, go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is David Friedman, founder and partner of Coastal Recruiting, bringing together amazing startup founders with the best engineering network in the States. Based in Marina Del Rey, you are listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.